Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody and welcome. We are the Armchair Experts. Hashtag Armchair Experts to get involved at 7AFL. 24 hours left. Nothing happened today. Show's done. We have been the Armchair Experts. <laughs> we'll find something to talk about. There always is Adam Cooney, Mitch Cleary. Hello to you. G'day, Cameron. Not even the trade god could part the seas and find something for us today, unfortunately. I tried to trade all the Ruckman again in my mega trade today, but even the people are getting sick of the mega trade. We needed something today. And all the all the little journos j- jumping out of bins. I saw yep. Mitch has still got a banana peel on the back of his suit, trying to get some sort of information from the Hawks. And none of you could come up with anything today. You're all pathetic. I know. There was a rough day out there today, Adam. I won't lie. Uh, I can't remember the last time, the second last day of trade period did amount to a single deal, even getting done. But the one positive is go on. all the deals are still to be done tomorrow. So we go into the last day with 10 or 11 Ooh. deals still up in the air. All right. Well, give me a yes or a no. Oh, straight up, Mitch. Mm. Tell me if they're going to happen in the next 24 hours. There are a couple that could still happen in a preseason draft scenario and others will have to stay at their footy club. So I don't, I don't want to get... Give... as well? Uh, well, yes, actually, yes. Both of you, Dawson uh, Adelaide, get it done? No. Yes. Ian Hill to Essendon? No. No. How about Bobby Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, when he kicks snags, Ian, when we trade him. Laddams to Sydney? Yes. Yes. How about Jordan Clark to Fremantle? This is an interesting one because it's probably been around the longest, yet there's still a bit of bit of toing and froing between the cats and the dockers. Will I get done? Yes. 22. 19. 19? Maybe, 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 man, sorry, 22 and a future third. I reckon there's a bit of ground given, but that 19 is too important to the dockers given its value when it comes to the draft. All right. Before I let you loose with the news, Mitch, and try and unravel what's happening, I want to ask you this, Adam. <laughs> we're, we're an entertainment world in which we live, and the AFL is no different, and this is now – a situation where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this time of the year was a lot flatter. Occasionally things popped up. I know people got traded, but it wasn't what it is today. Do you think clubs have bought into it now and are like, look, we've got these trades almost ready to go, but we're not going to go with it because there's more intrigue and suspense and there's a bit more eyeballs on us tomorrow. Do you think clubs have waited, knowing that the deal's been done in principle, but don't have to sign off it until tomorrow? I honestly think that they are sitting back and making us in the media sweat. That's what I, I think. I think they're trying to drag it out and make it harder for us to come up with content and things to say. Given we started uh, talking about trade period about a month ago yeah. now, it feels like it's gone on forever. But I think there's an element of, uh, in all seriousness, I, I think there's an element of the clubs want to wait because the longer you wait, obviously other deals can pop up. You don't want to go too early and then, 
and then you've done all your deals and then someone else might pop up like an Ian Hill. Uh, something could happen tomorrow late that we – Lockie Neal might pop up tomorrow and end up back at Fremantle. We just don't know. So you want to save you want to save something in the bank for the final day because fireworks generally happen from sort of 5 o'clock until 7. And clubs, this is what happen when, happens when you wait. Adam regurgitates something that was a possibility a month ago and throws Lockie Neal's back out, name back out. They're in a mega trade. So just keep it's that. Up. I think there's a I think there's a Zoom I think there's a Zoom party tonight between the clubs watching us to see how we go. The only thing on that Coons is every time the deal gets done, it's one less to talk about. So it's actually yeah. all right. The, the longer they go, the longer we can keep them waiting. Jordan Dawson's been on, off, on, off, on, off about the preseason draft a few times. It could have a few more twists and turns tomorrow, um, but. I'm with you. I can understand that the, the needing to, to sort of hold fire in case of Bobby Hill or, or someone else bobs but up. Where does this Jordan Dawson thing go? Like, it, it actually can't, can it? Well, the, the funny thing in this, last week, Adelaide said to Sydney, we'll get you pick 17 and we'll swap future third. So you expect Sydney will finish higher up the ladder. Uh, Crows will finish, you know, outside the finals, you would think. So that was the deal. I actually reckon that deal last week was better than the deal they've got right now, which is, the, is, which is Melbourne's. Future mm-hmm. first, which if they finish and win the flag next year, it'll be pick 18. And next year's free agents crop is amazing. So it could well be like the Zach Williams, Joe Danaher scenario where there's a couple of top 10 picks mm-hmm. push out that selection. So if, if, the, if the Swans carry through with this Jordan Dawson deal, Melbourne win the flag and there's a couple of early free agents, it could be pick 20, 21, 22. I have a silly question. Go. It, is the draft order in ladder order or whoever wins the flag? Flag. It's whoever flag, and it goes through finals. Um, yeah. Why don't, why don't they do it in ladder position at the end of the year? Surely that makes more sense, doesn't it? Mm, well, it all comes down to the finals, doesn't it? Oh, actually, we, we should check this out for armchair experts. Actually, how do they grade the semi-final losers and the prelim final losers? Um, what if they both score this, exactly the same yeah. amount and lose by the same amount, then who gets the draft pick? Well, it might well, come I, down to a ladder position then. I think you're, I think you're considered... If you lose to a team that loses to a team that wins the flag, I think you get the lower draft. <laughs> is that I how think it works. That works. I, I don't know, but you are considered if you lose if you lose to Melbourne, so who, who oh, no, nah, it's too complicated. But either which way, you ask a stupid question, but it's not actually that stupid. Not a stupid Maybe question. No. Because twenty three rounds is a better representation of your list, to be fair, and where you are actually at over you know, outside of a month. Now no there would be arguments if the dogs ended up getting, you know, a, a draft pick that is indicative of finishing fifth on the home and away ladder rather than finishing second. But there is a fair argument that in, in some aspects, the home and away season should be where the draft picks are. All right. I don't think the dogs should be arguing about anything to do with draft picks over no. the last couple of years because they picked up the number one kid uh, last year because of an academy pick and they'll get the best forward in the draft this year they and will. pick... Three and Sam Darcy. So I think the dogs are going all right in terms of draft the last couple of years. It's actually a remarkable situation because you very rarely see this where you get high draft picks go into good teams. Mm. Like the Bulldogs were, I'm not sure how many people thought the Bulldogs would be this good and, and, and make a grand final, but uh, like the number one pick and probably the number three pick, Adam, as you just alluded to, are going to a team that you think can have a legitimate crack at the flag next year. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, and how are they going to squeeze all three of those big boys into the forward line over the next five years? That's going to be a real challenge for them. Maybe Aaron Norton does go back and become an All-Australian mm-hmm. centre-half back and they let Jamara and Sam Darcy patrol the forward line and just 
give nightmares to defenders over the next decade. Maybe in five years' time, but not anytime soon. Like, why would you take Norton out of it now? And, and don't forget, Josh Bruce is an heir for this year. He, he may come later. No, not yet. Yeah. No, they've got to, Jamara and Sam Darcy have got yeah. to throw some steel around first. They've got to put on <laughs> six or seven kegs each before they start doing that. Come on, Cameron. Are, are we a little bit surprised? <clears throat> Giants finished sixth, Sydney seventh, Essendon eighth, West Coast ninth, St Kilda ten. Fremantle 11. So there's those teams that are on the cusp of at least going into a second or maybe even a prelim come finals week. But they've been really inactive. All those teams, of course, Essendon got Cali pretty early on. Giants haven't done a great deal. In fact, they lost Finlayson and we'll see where Hill sits. Sydney's done nothing. In fact, they could lose Dawson. In fact, it's, it's tracking that way. West Coast had Petreski Seaton. Like, are we surprised that those middle run well, teams are right there haven't been able to do anything yet? Or I haven't done anything? I think the biggest factor out of that is the salary cap. So clubs are hamstrung in terms of going out and attracting big names. West Coast made their players take an extra salary cap cut at the start of this year and said, we're not going to go out and attract the big names. Plus, they were hamstrung. Given they gave up so much for Tim Kelly a few years ago, yeah. they actually have to take their first pick because they have to take two first rounders every four years. And they were up to that part now where they've got to take that. And then St. Kilda got St. Kilda. Well, it's to protect the clubs, sadly. And then St. Kilda got so spooked sort of by the, not spooked, but they they sort of went so hard in trading, you know, Crouch, Higgins, uh, Bradley Hill, these recent years that they've committed all year. I think from round one, they've said, we're going to go to the draft with our first pick. So there's a couple of examples. And uh, I think previous previous uh, history has brought into the club sort of just committing to the draft this year. It's made it all boring for this trade period. Just just on that, when I say it's a rubbish rule, you're right, it's, it's brought in to protect the club so they don't continue to trade and on-trade and mm. future pick trade. But... Well, this kind of this time of the year, and if you look at decisions that clubs made, it's so important as into putting up your list management and putting a premiership winning team together. And that's what sport is. If you want to continually try and go, we don't want to go in the draft. We're just going to try and continue to to trade out a first round pick and bring guys in. That's a decision you should make. So I just don't believe in the rule. I mean, this is professional sport. Uh, allow the people you've got in off field roles to make these decisions without having these little kind of weird rules prove uh, impacted on you, Coons. I, I'm all for trading away your first round picks. I, I wouldn't suggest that's the best way to go about it. I'm simply saying you should be allowed to do whatever you want. Oh, there shouldn't be any parameters on how you run your footy club and also run your list. I agree. If you want to give away your first round pick every year to try and get in a player that's 25, 26, then good luck to you. I mean, we've seen Geelong do it in the past. Um, they've managed to pick up a few too in the back end of the draft that have been super players. But generally... They've been really lucky and attracted players with free agency and also some of those um, picks that they got for Kelly to get Jeremy Cameron in. So they've done it really well, which gives them a good opportunity to play in finals each year and, and try and go deep. So who are the AFL to tell you how to spend your draft picks? <laughs> well, there's some clubs out there that want to be able to trade two years in advance. Cam, I think we were talking like it. a few weeks ago about the NBA. You can trade forever. So Los Angeles Clippers haven't got a first-round pick for about 30 years so they could get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in. Like... Or I reckon clubs should do what Melbourne do and just bring their future pick into the year and just keep, do that forever. Why yeah. can't Melbourne? They've done it again this year. They've got their they've got the, rid of their future first and they're brought it into this year. They just kept doing that forever and they actually never have the the guilty of actually having not having their future first rounder. I also think you should be allowed to trade preseason draft picks. That would make like, it fun. I, well, it, bloody oath it would. But like, When's the last time the preseason draft was relevant? When Jack Martin walked through and that was about yeah. it? They picked well, two you know players, what? don't they, each year? It could be relevant this year. 
And it become more relevant going on because you and I, Adam, believe that they should, North Melbourne, I'm talking of, take Jordan Dawson. Like, they won't. And I understand the homesickness and the go. I, I understand all of the, the, the human side of it. But from a football club wanting to get better, if Jordan Dawson is sitting there and you've got salary cap room, so imagine Adelaide had to do a trade and go, oh, we don't want to take the risk here. It would add that little bit of cachet to it. And it would mean another intriguing aspect to this whole stalemate if we sat around for Sydney and Adelaide to go around in circles. No way. I, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's way more intriguing to see if North Melbourne are going to pick Jordan Dawson out number one in the preseason draft if he gets walked through. I'll give you... That's, I'll way, give you that's way better content. Gamble responsibly, Adam, but I'll give you a million to one. They just won't... They just don't do it. They just do not do it. And they won't. And Jordan, this is... Adelaide have called Sydney's bluff, I think, in the end. It's weak. Weak. They should do this it. Is the, this is the worst, it's the worst wager I've seen since Cam said he'd... How's the Fremantle cheer squad at his home in the 2013 grand final if there yeah. was a draw? So, yeah. <laughs> in fairness to me, I said Terry Wallace's home. I think. <laughs> was that with a solarium in it? He's got a couch, he's got two spare beds, and he's got a sunbed. Got that solarium <laughs> that he used to have, so you could sleep on that if you really needed it to. Hey, a club's becoming, are they standing up for themselves a bit more here, Adam, in the last couple of years? If you look at, you know, five years ago, the Rory Lobb. Now, he still may find himself out, although it's probably looking unlikely. Bobby Hill would have said, oh, you know, and they would have found a way to, to get him out. Like, do you reckon clubs are finally standing up to to other clubs and saying, and players and saying, look, we understand why you want to leave or maybe, you know, homesickness, whatever it might be, but you signed the contract and we're a better team with you in it. Do you reckon clubs are finally standing up for themselves a bit more? Yeah, I think there was a fear factor in the first few years when players who were under contract uh, requested trades so that they couldn't actually go back to the club or wouldn't wel- be welcomed back to the club mm-hmm. by the players. But I think we've uh, got to a more mature uh, place now, particularly with players who would have a joke and a giggle and maybe take the piss a little bit out of a player who walks back into the club. But yep. at the end of the day, they welcome them back with open arms. And I think clubs now are realising if a player wants out and they're under contract, we can demand and command a really high price for this guy. So we're talking about um, Ian Hill possibly getting a future second-round pick for leaving GWS. Now, that's that's not going to happen if he's out of contract, clearly. So I think that we're becoming a bit more mature about the situation. And then clubs are realising, well, if we don't get the best deal, we'll just hold on to the kid for another year. Hopefully the Dunkley situation uh, plays good footy and then ends up staying long-term. I think the Tim Kelly one is the biggest example of recent mm. times is the Cats had to keep him because he was on a first year. He wanted to le- after his first year, he wanted to leave. The second year of his draft contract, he was only playing for one hundred and forty, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and he was playing like a four hundred to six hundred thousand dollars player. He finished, I think, top three in the Brownlow in his second year of footy. So clubs, I'm with you, Cam. I think clubs are getting better at, at holding their ground, especially when the players are contracted. And players probably have to think now in terms of when they do sign these long term contracts. Well, if I'm going to want to break it, I might not get to my club of choice, and that's what Bobby Hill's looking at right now. And Tim Keller's a perfect example because there seemed to be this ridiculous notion that players out of contract or not overly happy don't play well. And it's absolutely, when the creme de la creme, the players we talk about the most, Gary Ablett, last year at Geelong before he took that Gold Coast, incredible year. Buddy Franklin, likewise. Patrick Dangerfield. Dustin mm. Martin was out of contract for a majority of that year where he won a Brownlow and, and signed on again. Tim Keller's another example there. So while they do differ a little bit in their actual circumstance. I understand that. But these players are superstars for a reason. Their reasons 
as to why they continue to play each and every week really well. And I think clubs now understand that, hey, if we, we hold on to our contract, we're not getting a sulky dude who's going to sit down and not play anywhere near his potential. He's going to play his best, therefore helping the value even more. And, and Tim Kelly's a perfect example. One other example is Harry Mackay this year. He won a Coleman medal yep. and was out of contract halfway through the year and, and said he wanted to put his talks off until the midway point of the season. Works for all parties, got the right deal, two-year extension, and he uh, goes on and, uh, you know, gets a bit of uh, gets a in around his neck. All right. Talk to me. What happens here? Is there anything major going to happen? Do you think there's anything coming overnight in those Zoom mm. chats and those text messages and whatever communication device these coaches and players and clubs use? Anything, Mitch? I don't think so. I think the Hawthorne stuff is pretty much run its race now, unfortunately. I think we're looking at Peter Laddams, Dawson Clark, the deals we've all spoken about. The only thing I, you know, does Richmond see it's draft 10 and think we, we can go and maybe, you know, Barmy wakes up tomorrow morning and thinks, gets onto his recruiting team and says, we need to go all in for the now. I don't think so. That's the only thing that could potentially come as a late curveball. Now, just keep in mind, though, that, that, that draft... That draft possibility that Richmond and Adelaide have had a crack at, you can trade now up until draft day, can't you? Yep. So that can yep. still bubble along, even though it, it won't include players for, for obvious yep. reasons. Hey, quick one. Hey, legit, so tomorrow all clubs have to be on the same Zoom all day. Is that how it works? Yeah, so they've changed it. So last year the Nick Hind one went right down to the wire and there's a bit of miscommunication, I think, because clubs had to reply to an email. Both teams had to submit emails. This time around, they've basically got to take a a ticket at the deli, essentially, and be on a Zoom call. And if they're both there on the Zoom call at the deadline at 7.30, the AFL can still process the deal after the deadline at 7.30. Both clubs have just got to be there on the Zoom call and have agreed to the deal. So it's a little bit of a shift. We might see maybe something confirmed after 7.30. I think the Adam Trelaw one last year, even though both teams had agreed to it, we didn't sort of get the uh, get the, the finalisation until five or ten minutes after the deadline. So we might see another one of those tomorrow night. Adam, any advice for these players who are going to find themselves new home tomorrow? You're, of course, an old hand of it. When you forced your hand, you left the Bulldogs and then they won the flag a couple of years later. What, do you, what advice do you give for these guys? Uh, just do what I did and try and take down your coach if you're going to leave the club. <laughs> Worked out well for me. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of Western Bulldogs fans who are forever thankful. That they you know. Hashtag armchair experts. Still claiming it. Still claiming you're the integral piece of that team winning a flag. Two years they wouldn't have won without me. They needed my contribution. Seven AFL. Where are you going tomorrow, Mitch? What, what's your day look like? Are you you door knocking someone early, or do you got to keep them on the down low? No, gym I'm out and about. I'm out and about. No, no Jim Coons. That gets put on the uh, the back burner for most of the year, to be honest, especially a trade Forever. period. Uh, I'll be out and about, Cam. But uh, you know, we've uh, we've spoken about these in, in years gone by. You, you don't tell anyone because the, the best part of the uh, the doors. The door uh, stopped, Coons, as you know, is the, the element of surprise. Yeah, it got me out the front of the botanical one day after about 14 pots after Hurdy got sacked <laughs> and wanted an exclusive. I said, hey. Mr. Can't even talk, brother. <laughs> hey, you know what else happens, Adam? That after Mitch has done his great job for seven news, then I believe the other news might just start calling and asking how he's done, done certain things. So look forward to those calls tomorrow, Mitch, when you've been able to interview a key player. Then, I don't know, someone comes calling. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully there's a late curveball and uh, Coons' dog can uh, get more up and about as it is now. Hashtag to get involved at 7AFL. Hopefully something happens. We'll see you tomorrow to wrap it all up.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 